What's up, Conroe? Welcome to a brand new edition of Nerd Thug Radio, right here on 104.5, 106.1, these sister stations, streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. As always, you can check out Facebook.com backslash Nerd Thug Radio, um, and that's where all the magic happens. I'm Corey DLG, with me as usual is uh, Little Brother Nico. Hey, guys. How we doing, buddy? Uh, doing pretty solid. That's pretty about solid, it. he says. Yeah. Pretty solid. Okay. okay. All right. You don't sound solid? <laughs> well, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have an answer for it. You just don't. Well, I mean, oh, man. It's just one of those things, I guess. It's a um, it's Monday afternoon. You're welcome to 2 p.m. Just so you know, you don't have to like it. Mondays, man. That's my thing. You don't have to like it. I was born on a Monday. <laughs> Shout out Solomon Grundy. Yeah. All right. Well, um, he's literally the ultimate fun. Mondays guy. Solomon Grundy. I like that. There's been like different versions of him. Oh, oh. It seems like you're based on like when he was born. Because, like, the Starman version, he's, like, this... I mean, he still has, like, the strength and all the crazy zombie stuff, but, like, he's just this weird, like, passive. Like, he sees pretty butterflies, he gets distracted kind of thing. Right. And then there's the other versions where he's like, I smash everyone! He's basically just, like, zombie Hulk. Yeah, but gray. I mean, the Hulk was gray at one point. That was Mr. Fix-It, and while it was the Hulk, he didn't call himself the Hulk at the time. That's true. Look at me getting, all, getting me with the Hulk semantics. Um, actually, uh, actually, uh, however, um, yeah, so there's a little bit going on we can talk about today. Probably just tell some funny stories and stuff, too. Going to be a nice low-key Monday as we start the week right here with Nerd Thug Radio. Hanging out on your FM dial because that's what cool kids do. Is that what cool kids do? Uh, it's that and join a cult. Oh, it's on my list. I mean, I'll get there eventually, but right, you just got to be cooler. <laughs> You'd be cooler if you did, man. <laughs> Is that what the cool kids do now? Join cults. You'd be cooler if you did. You know, to quote Matthew McConaughey, and you know, like. Tom Cruise or something. I don't know. One of the Scientology guys. Future future governor of Texas, apparently. Wait, what? Yeah, he started his own YouTube channel. Who did? Uh, Monsieur McConaughey. What? Yeah, yeah. He started his own YouTube channel. And I guess the other day, like, he just kind of was rambling on it and speculated out loud, like, maybe he should run for governor. Man, if he actually ran for governor, I'd vote for him. He probably would win, but I don't know. I have no concept of what his policies would be. I don't know. But he would probably win, like... Now, my my conservative mother yelled at me about this, but I, I was like, honestly, right now, anybody could run against Greg Abbott and probably win. Yeah, he has not done a great job. He's not very popular on any front, but when I said that, my mom immediately was like, oh my god. So I, I I guess she likes him. I don't. I'm not sure 
I don't know what about anything he's done has made anyone like this guy's killing it. Yeah, I don't know. That's a fair point. Because like since the COVID, he's been nothing but whatever. Really, I guess like really flip floppy, really ineffective. Um, no strong positions on anything. On anything. I mean, he's been taken to court by both liberals and Republicans, so... Yeah, he's like... <laughs> they're like, you're flipping on the wrong flop, dude. What are you doing? Right. There was one of the things on the voting where the... the uh, he tried to close the voting the voting drop-off boxes. There were too many in Harris County or something. And so he tried to get rid of those. And the Democrats took him to court, and he lost. And then he tried to... I don't remember what the other one. Oh, then he wanted to like expand the voting hours or something, and then the Republicans took him to court and they won. And then, uh, because of the mandate that the the county judges had put in place, the Republicans couldn't hold the Republican National Convention here, and they were told they had to hold an electronic one like the Democrats did. Mm-hmm. And so they sued, and that went all the way to the Texas Supreme Court, and they kept losing. Got him. That's how you know you, you got a solid case. Lose everything and then get take it to the highest one and still lose. And they kept getting like their appeals, like because they were doing appeals based on time, right? So they kept filing appeals that were like, "We need to go to the next stage right away. We can't wait because we don't want to miss our our conference window." Right. And so they kept winning these appeals, and people were like, "See, I told you." And then they would go to the next court, and then the next judge would be like, "No." <laughs> um, and then obviously the stuff with the freeze. I mean, yeah, I mean, and Texas literally froze to death. People died. Uh, I found this out from my landlord just last week. Um, he had a larger bird, a tropical bird, a macaw, a blue macaw. Uh-huh. Uh, it died during the freeze. Whoa. So we lost power here, so I went and stayed with my sister, if you guys remember. Yep. Um, and because without power, we'd also have the generator running the pump for the for the well on the property. Um, and I have an apartment on this guy's property. So he spent two days without power. Well, by the second day, the homes were down to about 40 to 30 degrees because it had been that long with no power and the cold just got into the house. Well, the bird's a tropical bird. Yeah, it needs it to be, you know, not freezing. So it, so it, like it, it never recovered from the cold. And then it, it, it died. That's so sad. <laughs> I, just, I, I was kind of blown away by that. I was like, I, yeah, kind of, yeah. So I'm, I never met the bird, but I feel bad. Like that's a terrible story. And then I started thinking, like, okay, I know people die, but then like, how many animals and pets and like fish and things, like, how many people had? some level of loss like an inconvenience because of the free like this is that's crazy yeah oh for sure it's one of the things you don't really think about and then you're like oh god yeah right right exactly um and then i saw somewhere where harris county was like disproportionately affected uh by the freeze where it was something like 60 percent of our grid was actually troubled by the blackouts and all that, which does make sense because I feel like I I heard a ton of stories considering the data was saying something like only 30% of Texas was affected. Mm-hmm. 
I was like, man, I sure know a lot of people in this 30%, me included. Uh, but then it turns out, uh, no, 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 that's just a... Uh... It was just like most of Harris County, which is 30% yeah. of Texas. Yeah. <laughs> Harris County was just the big part of it, yeah. So that, that, made, that, made, that made it all make a little more sense for me mathematically. But, I mean, yeah, I'm, 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 right now you could, put a, you could put a potato head. And it would probably yeah. just starting before campaigns be at a good 40 60 split with Abbott. Right, yeah. And he'd be winning. I was going to give it to Abbott because he's at least a, alive. Uh, but, uh, mm, tough sell. Maybe not. A good, a good Mr. Potato Head with like a cowboy hat and like a Texas briefcase with a good social media campaign. Like, oh, boom. a briefcase. I yeah. forgot about that. Yeah, okay, give him a yeah, little, give him a little briefcase yeah. with like Texas on it with the colors. Oof. Or just a star. Yeah, or a star, or like a belt buckle, like a faded red, like leather, and then a star, like a brass star in the center of the of the of the briefcase. Oh yeah, like taking down anybody. Oh man, when that guy opens that in the courtroom, overruled. You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. Like. Your Honor, I don't know what we were going to argue today, but as a potato, I just opened my briefcase. I find for the potato, were you the defendant or the plaintiff? Your Honor, I don't know. I I, I just walked into this room. Right, I am in fact an <laughs> inedible object. <laughs> the court finds for the potato, uh, the case dismissed. <laughs> Somebody's like, uh, this was an appeal for the death penalty? Do I leave or stay? Which Which... Which way we're doing this? That is up to the potato, so. Sentences him to death. <laughs> uh, what was your last meal going to be? French fries? You stay. <laughs> <laughs> you stay. <laughs> Stupid. It's got really dark. But, but anyway, yeah, literally any, anything could run against Greg Abbott. He'd probably but that would be a really good Netflix movie now that we're saying it, like a stop-motion 40-minute Netflix cartoon. Yeah. No. Potato Head. Yeah, you, just, you have, like, you have the first 20 minutes be, like, the shambles of someone's political career, and then, like, <laughs> this the last 20 minutes is just hit, like, the death spiral while he loses to a potato, <laughs> a literal potato. It's... It's oh man, what would be a good potato? It's uh, it's I uh, can't can't be Spud McKenzie because that was that dog. Oh man, but you call him the law, the law Spud. So it'd be like Theodore the Law Spud. Yeah, and it's just the worst political drama you've ever seen. My friends call me Teddy. My enemies call me Victor. <laughs> yeah, I'd watch it. Yeah, yeah, I'd watch it. Man, I was watching. I've been watching some just crazy stuff on Netflix here. Did we talk about the Gardner uh, art heist? Uh, no, but I I saw the trailer for it today. Okay, so it's on Netflix. I think it's called. Uh, honestly, I don't even remember what it's called, but it's called something kind of funny, and then it's like the, the biggest art heist in the history of America or something like that. Yeah. Um, so the, it's in Boston. It's in the late 80s, early 90s um, on St. Patrick's Day. It's the perf- the night of St. Patrick's Day. It's like the perfect time probably to do this. And 
It's on the quiet, boring side of town. So, like, South Boston is raging for St. Patrick's Day. So, all the police are there. And two people go in and they and they rob the Gardner Art Museum dressed as police. Oof. Um, they take, like, a Monet, a Rembrandt, a bunch of, a couple others. I think the Rembrandt is the only one that was, he's ever painted a seascape in. And it's Jesus and the disciples on the water. Like, it's, there's a lot of, like, important stuff that gets taken. Um... But when they start talking about what's going on in the world of art theft at the time, it, it's crazy because essentially they, they keep interviewing this one guy who is, who is one part rock star. True, not making that up. One part, he's a front man for rock music. One part, he is a notorious art thief. And one part, he's associated with the mob and all around bad boy. Pretty but cool. He's, famous like people know him his like his stories made the news at the time regionally like he's a celebrity in all aspects of it that's kind of neat it kind of is because they interview him a lot for this documentary because they really think that he is like a piece of the puzzle of where this art went but more importantly he has all this context to this whole underground world of art theft where the mob is getting taken apart by the fbi and so a lot of art was getting stolen and used as leverage to get people out of jail in shorter sentences. Whoa. So like basically you would like you would art steal insurance. A yes, nice. You would steal a painting um like of great relevance and then you would sit on it. And then like when your day comes in court and they're targeting you about stuff, you're like, what if I can give you Four of the most rare Monets that the world's been missing for six years. And you're like, uh, can he do that? Yeah. And then you're like, yeah, maybe. And then like through middlemen and all that, you you dig them out of your safety deposit box, wherever they're supposed to be. And you, um, you hand them over and they give you 10 years less. Yeah. And allegedly, so they interviewing this rock star, I can't even name right now. And he says that it was the FBI who gave him the idea because he was caught for something. And one of the one of the cops said it's going to take a Rembrandt to get you out of this, uh, and he he laughed because he had just because he had a stolen Monet somewhere, and he was like, "Oh, really? Oh, okay. Well, I I've got one, one of those. <laughs> I have one. <laughs> what? That's crazy." <laughs> and they were like, "Wait, what? What are you talking about?" And so, like, he arranged. Uh, so much, there's so much information in so many different prison sentences. I got them all mixed up. Like, he arranged for significant time off of one of his sentences one of the times he was caught because of turning in the stolen art. And then another time while he was in jail, a guy who was like his apprentice was trying to work through the Washington Post, no, the Boston, whatever it is, the Boston newspaper, to negotiate with the FBI to get him released by, by producing art. That he said was stolen from the Gardner heist. Oh my god. But the the museum experts said that they didn't think that it that the samples that were sent to them were from the Gardner heist. And the FBI had already moved on to other suspects, so they didn't want to believe that they were wrong. So they didn't take the deal. Oh man. There's a lot of stuff. Like, there's a lot of stuff that's... Uh, a lot of moving parts. 
there are, and then like they they lay out like five other theories where they were really sure it was definitely this other person and it wasn't them or it might be them, like over and over and over again. Also, they do one of the most suspect uh, drug buys in the history of law enforcement. Um, I really like. Okay, I, you know what? I guess we'll just do more politics here. Okay, so when Michael Flynn got in trouble. And people were like, the FBI tricked him. And they knew he would lie, so they asked him questions that he would lie about. Mm-hmm. Okay? And and so they basically were saying that the FBI, that Michael Flynn should get off because the FBI targeted him and, know, and knew that he would lie if asked these questions. And people were like, that's not fair. Okay. This is how they got a drug bust on one guy to use his leverage. This is how they got a felony on him. For months and months, they had been hounding him to middleman different deals, and he kept saying, oh, I'm out of the game, I'm out of the game, I'm out of the game. And one day they're sitting in his office, and he's got some pills sitting out in a prescription bottle that are for him. And I think they're Adderall or diet pills or something. Mm -hmm. And the undercover FBI agent who's been trying to set him up on deals over and over for months now says, hey, man, um... Let me buy these from you. I'll give you 300 bucks for the bottle. And so he's like, okay, no problem. I'll just get another prescription. No big deal. That's the felony drug bust they get him on. Bro. <laughs> what? Tell me that's not the most suspect, suspicious thing you've ever heard. Like, when the, the FBI agent was sitting there kind of bragging about it, and I was like, well, that, that's the lamest thing ever. Like that's super petty. Like, like they're trying to like get that. this guy in like some crazy web, and he's like doing everything he can. They just show up to his house, and be like, "Can I buy these for like three hundred bucks?" Yeah, he's Let's like he's mulling, o- he's mulling it over in his head, and he's like, "He's like, what do I care? I can just call my doctor because I need these." Sure, right. dude, fine, take them. Just tell him I lost them. Right. And then he goes, book them, boys. (laughs) Felony drug bust. And they're trying to use that as leverage because they're pretty sure this guy has the paintings. The answer is no. I mean, this was like, when they're talking about that, I was like, for Michael Flynn and his lawyer to complain that the FBI were unfair and knowing that they've done the other kind, like what we just talked about probably dozens to hundreds of times to start cases on people or to get cases rolling on people. Are we really going to sit here and be like, oh, poor Michael Flynn? Like, yeah, poor intelligent college-educated three-star general? Oh, the world was so unfair to you. I just I just think of, like, uh, I forget what documentary it was. I think it was, like, Hell's Kitchen, where they go over, like, the, the taking down the, 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 the inner circle of, like, the mob that ran New York City. Oh, yeah, it was, like, most dangerous city in the world or whatever. Yeah. That was back when Rudy Giuliani knew how to complete sentences. Yep. Uh, Like, that one was, like, like the, uh, like, the police force at one point had to figure out how to disassemble a car, like, in, like, less than three minutes. Oh, yeah, to put the wire in it? To put the wire in it. And they had to do it, like, <laughs> twice. It's, like... That's the kind of things I think the FBI does. It turns out they just buy pills off of somebody's counter for way over price and uh, <laughs> get them my way. Because that's clearly way easier. <laughs> like, it was the laziest, like, lamest policing I've ever heard of. But also, like... It's like if you were like, 
hey, uh, I'm I'm friends with your your brother. Can I can I come inside for a sec? It's like, yeah, sure, I guess. It's like, oh dang, I'm really be needing some of these. Hey, do you have this in a? Do you, can I give you like two hundred bucks for this? You're like, yeah, sure. It's like book them, boys. I hid yeah, drugs in the TV. Em. I hid drugs in the TV the whole time. This is actually <laughs> now a drug deal. Got them. Um, there was a movie a long time ago called uh, Our Idiot Brother, and Paul Rudd plays like a hippie. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know, that might not have been the name of it, but yeah, I think it was. Anyway, he lives with the mom, and then there's the, the sisters who all have their lives together, but like he winds up helping all of them, even though he's a criminal hippie dummy. Um, <laughs> early on, he's got like he's running like a little, he's at like a farmer's market, and he's selling all organic fruits and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the cop comes up to him, and he, they're, they're like on a first name basis, and they're talking. And the cop knows that Paul Rudd has weed on him. Um, but he's he's talking to him, and he's like, hey, man, like, I've got a really bad headache. Like, could you hook me up with some marijuana or something? And, and Paul Rudd was like, um, yeah, sure, man, no problem. And, and the cop's like, okay, well, how much for it? And he goes, no, no, just keep it, man. Like, if you're hurting, you know, I want to help you out. And he's like, no, no, like, uh, like I want to pay you for it. Like, it's only fair, blah, blah, blah. He's like, no, man, don't worry about it. And he's like, no, I definitely want to pay you for it. And he's like, no, man, I don't need anything. And he was like, let me pay you for this weed. And he's like, okay, well, like, I guess give me $20 and I'll give you this sweet potato. And you could, we'll call it even. And the cop goes, great, you're under arrest for selling drugs. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, that's what, that's, like, the impetus to start the whole movie. But, like, that's just lazy policing. Like, that doesn't really... Calculated. That's not the drug Got that boys. I yeah, I mean... Oh, man, when they said that and they were all kind of proud of themselves that that would, they got some leverage on them. Everything they had told, everything they had said about this guy had started off all bad. Uh, yeah, and it then, just like, turns out that they're just trash. Well, like they're talking about him that he's this kind of low level, mid level, just thug in the Midwest. Blah blah blah. Like he's just a bad guy, and he had muscled his way into this uh, car dealership and taken it over. But then they say that he took the entire uh, one of the garage bays and turned it into a gourmet kitchen. Where every day he was holding dinner for the old retired mobsters from the Northeast that had moved to the Midwest. And so every day they're all sitting around drinking red wine and having gourmet food and sitting around talking. He basically made like a free retirement home for them. And I was like, maybe he's not so bad. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, this absolute thug worked his way into a car dealership to eventually acquire ownership from the owner, gaining his trust, turning it. One of the garages into a gourmet dining facility for his friends. What a garbage <laughs> human. What a piece of crap. And you're like, I don't think this guy's bad. Yeah, wait, are these bad things? Are these bad people? I don't think so. How did we get here? Like, <laughs> Yeah, so we set him up and bought drugs from him that he owned that were prescribed to him. What an idiot. <laughs> Sucker, one more thug off the street. Felony, as they like throw like basketball, shoot him into a prison. <laughs> On his picture, they put like flames behind it and a jail bar closing. Yeah, busted. Got him. Like, <laughs> you're like this is. We arrested him on his way home from Sunday school, where he taught the elderly class. Yeah, Wait, we maybe we. <laughs> We T-boned his car and drove it into a park full of children. <laughs> we drew our weapons in a in a crowded dinner place. Wait a minute. These these don't sound like good things. 
We beat him up in front of his family. <laughs> we humiliated him and then beat him in interrogation for 17 hours. I, I thought you already knew he bought drugs. Like, what, what just happened? <laughs> it is it definitely... The, like the longer you were, I was watching the documentary. The more I was like, I don't think this is our guy. Like, <laughs> Turns out he's a family man, like the whole time. Like he's not even. Well, and so they get to the part where they're searching his house, uh-huh. and they keep going back. There's two helicopters hovering over it. Uh, the news is covering the FBI search from across the street. Um, his lawyer is there though. At one point, the newscaster's like, "I don't know why they're letting his lawyer be present, but I guess that's legal or whatever." <laughs> like actively trouncing over his rights, and they're like, "Whatever, dude, your legality." Idiot. What are you protecting your client? What a sucker! Like, <laughs> what a lameo, dude. <laughs> and so, <laughs> at one point, they find a whole. In his garage, they find a secret underground compartment, allegedly, and then there's there's a hole down there, and they're like, oh, what do you make of this? We're pretty sure. And what they find down there is like an old gun and some old marijuana that's hidden away. So it's like somebody probably asked him to stash that, and he did. <laughs> like, But then they're like, the paintings could have been down there. And the defense attorney was like, the painting they think that he had is, four, is, is 40 inches by 50 inches. It wasn't going to fit in that hole. <laughs> They're like, just confess already. They like gun, like pointing at him. Yeah, he's like, we knew it was here. He's like, dude, it's the painting's literally too big. It doesn't fit in this tiny hole. So they wind up finding on this search. Okay, so keep in mind, lame drug bust. Then they wind up finding on this search like twelve or fifteen guns. Every time they go back to the house, they find another like mob stash hole somewhere. So they wind up charging him on like 17 gun charges and like a bunch of like minor drug stuff, but like none of it, none of it at all has anything to do with the paintings, which is why they got into him in the first place. Yeah. So now he's, now he's just in jail forever now. (laughs) He's he's in jail for like 30 years. And then the documentary just flat out rats out another dude whose sentence got reduced by seven years. And they're like, there's no official paperwork on why. And they talk to a couple different people, like lawyers and then also mobsters, and like, yeah, more than likely he's he cooperated. And that's why. But like they're putting they're like, Mikey Turner might have cooperated. And I'm like, are they are they just outing this guy? Like yeah. he doesn't get out till twenty twenty five. So like it's not <laughs> Yeah. Oh no, his sentence was reduced, but he's still not out for another five years. But it also like if there's other mobsters mad about this at this point still, like they're gonna be like, Okay, well, I know where he is. Like <laughs> They're just sitting outside the prison. He just opens the door and immediately dies. <laughs> like, like this is the worst thing I've ever seen. Apparently, you've got to watch it. It's a train wreck. Um, it's and like, then at, early, uh, early on, there's a one of the people that's that they show in a glimpse of the video is like uh, the assistant director of security of the museum. But they've never even touched on that again in the documentary. Like, three people are like, yeah, that's so-and-so. Of course it is. But they've not even picked up that thread again. Like, I don't know where he went. Yeah, I feel I feel like there's a lot of documentaries that do that. I just watched uh, – it's, it's a relatively older one because I, I know it's been on Netflix forever. It's called Seaspiracy. Oh, I tried to watch that, but I kind of fell asleep. 
Uh, so it's basically about it's it's an anti like fishing piece. Yeah, it where turns it's into like, like a fishing crusade thing. Yeah, right. Where they're like fish are awful, or fish are treated awful, their ecosystems are destroyed, and all of the all the people that are like, oh, don't use plastic straws, is like just um, what's the word I'm thinking of? Like smoke screening for the fishing industry, which actually causes all the damage. Right. Right. Um, and like, yeah, it's like it, everything he says makes perfect sense. Like, it's a totally reasonable documentary, but like, he's like the worst person like to lead it because it's like it's not even like a stealth co-op thing. Like, man runs in with like the massive DSLRs, like <laughs> in a place he's not supposed to be, shoves it in people's faces, and go, "Did you know what you're doing is illegal?" And they're like, "Go away." <laughs> Excuse me, I'm trying to commit some crimes here. Uh, I- <laughs> I want to watch it because of the part where they're like, we could die at any moment. And the guy's like, you shouldn't be filming this. Um, <laughs> yeah, literally one of the things is, one of the guys that says it, it's, it's actually an incredibly sad, like, his background story, where he was like, hey, could you think we could get, so literally, so this is this is all things from the documentary, not personal opinions, but it's literally, like, slavery on boats. Like, oh, yeah, that these fishing yeah. boats where, like, they go out to sea and then, like, they're like thrown in a freezer, beaten, like yeah. threatened for their lives, and literally they talk the about guys... that like about piracy too a lot. Where, yeah. where slavery is a big part of that, right? So like, there's there's literally slaves on these boats, and one guy's like, "I was on a, I was on, a, I was a slave on a boat for ten years. We didn't come into port, like I couldn't leave for ten years. I was stuck on this boat." Forget that. Yeah, and then the guy asks, "Do you think we can get a camera crew on the boat?" And he's like, "If you don't want to." He's like, if you don't want to die, don't be here. <laughs> I was like, that is the most no doy I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> That's like if you <laughs> asked literally a slave, hey, do you think it'd be a good idea to put a camera on you? And he's like, are you stupid? <laughs> like, what? Yeah. No. Can uh, you think I they'll also... be mad if we film them? <laughs> I also saw later that at one point they're like driving away. I had it on, and I fell asleep and kept like waking up in parts. They're driving away because someone called the police and said that they're that someone's filming, which is completely illegal in that country. Yeah. So they had to literally jump on a plane the next morning. Yeah. No, that's exactly a thing because he tells them, <laughs> "Yeah, if you want, if you're, like, they're gonna kill you." <laughs> they're like, "All right." They, they're like, "We just got informed someone we that someone's coming, so we have to leave." <laughs> Good job. Have you seen how that one ends? That one ends terribly. Yeah, it's basically like, yeah, we're pretty much doomed. It ends on a whale hunt, of all things. Yeah, it's super brutal one, too. Yeah, it's just blood everywhere. I was like, this isn't better. Because <laughs> they were like, that one's like, that particular brand of whale hunting isn't, is like, okay, or whatever. It's a cultural one, and like. That species of whale is doing fine, and they don't kill too many of them. They kill just enough, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and then, like, the thing that kind of, like, opens his eyes a little bit, because he asks, like, one of the, he interviews one of the whalers afterwards, and he's like, well, why do you do it? And he's like, well, I'd rather kill one whale versus, like, 40 chickens. Yeah, yeah. And, it's like, well, and yeah. then he's like, he's like, I hadn't even thought about that. <laughs> yeah, I would rather kill one whale than 40 chickens, but you know what else I'd rather do? Have somebody else kill 40 chickens and bring me the meat nuggets. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. America! Commercial farming is literally destroying the planet, but you know, it's fine. 
America, America, yeah. yeah. Sweet and sour sauce, get the 20 pounds. Yeah, baby. If you ain't fat, you ain't trying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it definitely, like, yeah, we're, we're, we're just a big POS culture. It's okay, though. It's all yeah, the whole, the whole thing destroyed awful. But they have had those conversations before about the fishery and the whaling and all that. Like we are, we are, we are fishing ourselves into extinction, probably. Yeah. Um, but it's really just a race with also burning ourselves into extinction and also eating ourselves into extinction and also nuclear warring ourselves into extinction. So the odds of that being the problem that kills us, slim to none. I wouldn't say slim to none. I'd say it's probably one of like the big four. I'm gonna give it a ten percent chance. I, I'm gonna say I'd the give big. I give it like I give it like twenty. Nah. Okay. So like no, because we'll find other things to eat. We'll, well eat it's not it's not necessarily food. the eating thing. It's just that the when all of the ecosystems are so trashed because oceans don't work anymore. Yeah, but we'll still eat something. Well, it's the it's not the food that's the problem. It's that like, look, I don't live in the ocean. You can't convince me the ocean's the problem. Right. Yeah. I'm way more concerned about global warming pushing the ocean into my backyard. Well, that's the thing is because global warming is also increased when the oceans die because less like plant life and sea algae and all that stuff means that like there's less like things to consume all the carbon dioxide. So we we better get our butts to Mars, man. So I give the big four about a 60 percent chance to kill us. Um, And then of that 60 percent. Math it out from the. From the original 100%, like 10%, I give to fishing as the problem. Nice. Global warming, I think, is the bigger number, probably 15 to 20%. Um, I think nuclear war is always a real possibility. I'm always pumped for that. I'm always ready. I feel like uh, that's honestly like the best one because it's the one that will be over the fastest. Yeah, you like to think so. We're going to survive, buddy. Ah, Man, I hope not. Mad Max. Bro. I hope I get turned into a shadow on the ground if that's the case. Here's here's what I'm looking for. I um rescue a bus full of college age cheerleaders uh and become uh the proud chieftain of the new humanity. Fair enough. Um you can be my sidekick. I mean like if the offer's there, I'll take it. <laughs> All right, see, see, now you don't want to be a shadow. See, yeah, change your mind already. Look at that, we've changed everything. I just don't want to live in a post-apocalyptic world. Yeah, listen, if we can't get YouTube, we'll have to fix that. We'll have to work on that. The archives, boys. Yeah, someone find the on switch for backup internet. Click it. Click it. I mean, you could just put a server farm on an oil rig in the middle of the ocean. Duh. It's in the middle of nowhere. Smooth Australia. What What really we we should do is just start our own country on like an oil rig. Just buy an oil, build an oil rig, live. But on just it. buy an old abandoned one. They're out in international waters. Then you declare yourself your own country. I think you got to get some other countries to uh, ratify it in order to join the UN. Um, shouldn't be too hard though. No, I don't see why not. I, I figure we're charismatic enough. We'll send some emails. We got it. 
Yeah, and then we just got to work out trade relations with some people. Um, and then we're ready to go. Yeah. Now, I don't know what we're going to do on a rig all day, but we'll figure it out. Sports betting, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, just, just the most degenerate like online activities you can imagine. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. That's good. I'm glad that we're on the same page. We'll just Bitcoin away the cartel's money for them while we hide out there on the oil rig. I don't really mean that before anyone sends me like a mysterious email from an unknown server and they're like, we'll buy the rig right now for you, my friend. <laughs> Although for the right amount of money, I mean, send an email, we'll talk. <laughs> Look, we, have, we, have, we have a price. There's no... Yeah, listen. Much like, much like the million dollar man would say, every man has a price and that is That's a true right. statement. Everybody's got a price. And ours is surprisingly low. Well, we don't have a lot of self-esteem. Uh, uh, yeah. For the right number, maybe maybe we will be in Corlandia. You never know. You never know. You never know. Then we can open an embassy back here in the States and then have diplomatic immunity. Oh, man. Just be the worst, <laughs> the worst diplomat on the planet. Yeah, no, for sure I want that title. Absolutely, because I'm parking everywhere. Like, yo, was that the diplomat of Corlandia? <laughs> you yeah. like rolling up in like a literal golf cart parked across four spaces. <laughs> a golf cart sitting on like an F-250 frame just so I can park in more spots. Exactly. <laughs> Jump out. Someone's like, hey man, you're quadruple parked. Diplomatic immunity, don't care. <laughs> Too bad I literally don't care about this. Hey man, you're up on the curve and still in a handicap spot. Diplomatic immunity, don't care. <laughs> We're gonna do ride me a ticket. Hey man, you literally just parked it in the middle of one of the driveways. Uh, you're blocking a whole row for parking. Diplomatic immunity, go f yourself. Like, yeah, that kind of freedom would be vastly unhealthy for my for my uh for my life choices. <laughs> Because short of a real, real crime, murder, um, I'm probably never going to jail. I mean, that's already true now. <laughs> that's true. Well, that's not true. Any real felony, I'd be in trouble because I can't afford a good attorney. I mean, that's fair. I mean, if, she... I had enough money for, if I had enough money for a good attorney, yeah, I, I would agree with you. I'm pretty <laughs> white. I probably am not going to jail for most anything I do. Right. Respect. Although they would definitely use this podcast against us in court that day. I mean, no. is, this, is this your voice saying you probably won't go to jail because you're white? Uh, yes, yes, it is. Yes, it is. Your Honor, we'd like to rest our case. <laughs> <laughs> Two words, and then your attorney hits them with it. That's racist, and then you win the case. <laughs> Your Honor, these racial biases have been going from the beginning of this trial. <laughs> See? You tell him, Potato Head. <laughs> it's, a, it's a freaking potato lawyer. <laughs> All right, we're going to out to a break. When we come back, we're going to wrap this show up. we got a couple minutes left. The Adventure Begins Comics, Games, and More is a wonderful store located right there on 1488 in Conroe that sells comic books, gaming cards, gaming accessories, board games, as well as all kinds of fun 
nerd assorted accessories. This is Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio. Just reminding you that if you're interested, and if you're bored, if you got some free time, if you wanted to go hang out at an interesting or fun place, the adventure begins should be an option you consider. Everything from D&D Adventures League to miniature painting uh, to even competitive card play and even competitive gaming events. All those things occur at The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. Interested parties should absolutely check out the Facebook page for more information. This is Rudy Tomjanovich, and welcome to Nerd Thug Radio. Welcome back to Nerd Thug Radio right here on 104.5, 106.1, these sister stations, streaming worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. As always, make sure to check out the Facebook page, facebook.com backslash nerd thug radio. Um, that's where the magic happens. And we are coming down to Comic Palooza. We have 97 days until Whoa. the big moment. And the big moment is when Nico gets his belly button pierced. Uh, no, that's when Comic Palooza happens. Um, so who's excited? I am. Also, I didn't realize it was two days. I recently discovered this. I can't read, as it turns out. No, I knew you couldn't read. I just also didn't realize you couldn't do numbers. I mean, it's part of reading. Oh, okay. It's like uh-huh. algebra, you know? Counting is part of reading. Okay, good. I didn't know they had rolled math and language together for you guys. Good. Yeah, it's algebra. <laughs> it's reading comprehension and math. They're two different classes. Well, there should be one. Well, what they should be is an A. Figure it out. <laughs> uh, before we get too crazy, go ahead and tell our friends about The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and more. Uh, the Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and more is open and at full operating hours. You are going to need a mask if you want to come inside, but they do have uh, other safer options if you want to do that, if you're still concerned about everything. Uh, they have uh, delivery options and a curbside available. They do have some events rolling back up. Monday, April 12th from 4 to 8 is Miniature Mondays. This is every Monday. You come in, hang out, paint, construct, show off your minis. Uh, all uh, Minis from all games are allowed, and you can feel free to ask the associates for uh, the in-store associates for in-store paint and supplies. And the paint contest is also there for the, uh, the month. April's theme is historical. I think you can still get your entries in for that. Tuesday, April 13th at 5.45 is the Dragon Ball Super Card Game Tournament. So $5 entry free. Oh, you get the uh, reprint participation packs. Those are pretty good. They got the uh, some pretty good reprints in those. I play the game. It's very actually a really nice pack. Uh, right. There's a new event every Wednesday at 5 p.m. is the Yu-Gi-Oh! Trade Night and Casual Meetup. So get your Yu-Gi-Oh! Get your binders out and get ready to play some Yu-Gi-Oh! Trade, hang out, and talk about one of the, like, honestly, one of the big three. Yu-Gi-Oh! is such a classic at this point. It's like 20 years old. Friday, oh, April yeah, 16th. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Friday, April 16th at 6 p.m. is the Star Wars X-Wing Casual Meetup. Saturday, April 17th at 2 p.m. is the Pokemon Casual, pay, uh, casual Play. And Saturday the 17th at 6 p.m. is Hammer Time. It's Tabletop Warhammer. Meetups are back and in full effect. In the full swing, I am now part of that community. I need to start painting the orcs I got from Jarek. 
I am, are they unpainted, or are you going to paint them a different color? Uh, some of them are painted, but most of it is unpainted. Oh, no. I mean, I'm not, like, that's part of the experience. Oh, no. I skipped I skipped one of the big ones of not having to put them all together. <laughs> true, true. You crazy, crazy man. <laughs> it's too good of a deal. Thanks, Jared. Appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> um... So, okay, I got a story to tell. Um, so make sure you go to the Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and more. Right there on 1488. Family-friendly, well-lit, great people. Uh, my comics are still on the shelf. There's still a lot of stuff going on. They hold my comics. We get. I have a discount there. You can set up your own uh, account, get stuff held for you, get a good discount. Get some um, loyalty points. Get loyalty points. Um, I had an off-the-record conversation with Bill about... Marvel moving to Penguin House distribution. I think it, it, it shed some interesting light on some things. Um, it lends to my personal belief that I don't know that Diamond can make a quote-unquote quote-unquote next move. Are you think they're just dead? Is this where the I, Titan falls? I just don't know. I don't, I don't understand what the next move would be. Um, uh, this isn't private corporate information or anything, but Penguin doesn't charge for shipping. Oh, for, right. yeah. for its for its members and shipping is a like it's about a big... ten to fifteen percent of the cost of diamond. Right, yeah, it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty big chunk because books are heavy, but not for penguin. Right, and well, and that's because you know penguin has the expectations they're going to be shipping a lot, and they they make enough off of the sell of books because they are a big shipper. Yeah, I mean, what... like penguin is like the backbone of. Scholastic and junk. Well, and what what Diamond does in business is is like a fraction of what Penguin does in business. So right. that's just the math of it. You know, there's no getting around the math. It's a lot more books than there are comic books. There and there's a lot more people buying them. There's a lot more places buying them. And you think about when you walk into a Barnes and Noble and it's full of books. There's you know four or five book distributors that are doing that nationally. So. Someone like Penguin is shipping a lot of books worldwide. Right. And they're um, way more prepared for that kind of volume versus Diamond, who did the bare minimum, and that was it. Exactly. And so all of that being said, I, I just want to kind of uh, – I didn't want to stick too long on that, but I do think I – don't, I don't think there's another move for Diamond. I think it's – I think it just kind of is what it is. I think um, they're just going to slowly die. Well, and so like one of the things – we were at Trader's Village. And I'm seeing the House of X, uh, X-Men action figures everywhere. And it's 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 ticking me off because I've got an order in for House of X action figures, you know, through Adventure Begins and through no fault of their own, they're waiting on Diamond to ship them. Well, Diamond doesn't get them at the same time as retailers does. Diamond gets them last. So I'm still waiting while they're already out in the wild, which drives me crazy. Um... Yeah. Also, Hasbro has announced its 2021 plans, uh-huh. and they've got another run of Age of Apocalypse uh, figures coming. They're just buying you out of house and home, dude. They Has- are, dude. Hasbro's got you. And they previewed a Sabretooth. Ooh. And it's sick looking. Ah, I do love me some Sabretooth. And Age of Apocalypse Sabretooth is the best one. Yeah, he's so cool. Isn't uh, there already a wild child? So you, could, you have, the, you have yes. the combo already. And they... 
they were doing like these three guys. I guess they, they I guess they're like media people for Hasbro. One of them had the wild child out. I guess the wild child comes with the chain. I haven't opened mine, so I don't know. Um, but he basically looks like he fits perfectly on Sabretooth's shoulder with the chain. Like, oh, that's perfect. I know. They also uh, showed the box that the Sentinels ship in. I so oh, badly wanted to get one of these. I, oh, I absolutely it. enormous twenty-six right? inch box. Good lord, it's driving me crazy that I didn't get in on this. Um, but I didn't have the fun. It would have been a, it would have been stupid for me to do it at the time. But I, I the box looks crazy sick. Pepe Larraz did the art. It looks so pretty. And yeah, it's twenty six inch sitting on there. So cool. Uh, and then they hinted at the next Hasbro Labs, essentially their own Kickstarter thing, but it's the cool stuff like a Sentinel or the Mandalorian ship. Yeah, the next one probably is going to be Galactus because they hinted it was fa- Fantastic Four related. Oh yeah, definitely going to be Galactus. Do you think it's going to be Galactus or like the Baxter Building? Uh, one of those would be way cooler than the other. I don't know, man. If you loaded the Baxter building up with some cool stuff, man. Yeah, but it's Galactus. Like, this is clearly the line where they're like, yeah, just all the all the stupid huge stuff that you've wanted for years. Well, Hasbro's doing that now. Like, so Hasbro Pulse is where you can go to look at these other things. They're doing just really kick-butt lines of action figures. Uh, the Power Ranger ones look amazing. They're doing a whole G.I. Joe run that just looks epic um but they're also doing a lot of hard to get so they're gonna do like more 90s x-force they're gonna do a domino and a cannonball this time they're gonna let them have legs um they did a four pack that was the hellfire club like they they're doing these really cool figures and then they're keeping them on the website like in limited distribution runs there's an age of apocalypse apocalypse on there there's a dark angel on there like they're doing some really cool stuff through the website that uh, I hope more people get into because I want them to keep doing it. Yeah, but I think they do because they see a lot of sold out on there too. Yeah, and like as a as a as someone who's very adjacent to the toy collecting like scene, like I love Transformers and all that stuff. All those limited run things are. So irritating, but they're just so cool. Uh, they they've got they're doing a uh, Optimus Prime who transforms on vo- on voice command. Yep, I didn't see that. Literally transforms. It's so crazy. There's a YouTube video with Kevin Smith and Jason Mewes, and they make him convert. I think they can't say transform. I don't know why. Uh, anyway, Nico, I'm gonna need you to find that and put that on Facebook for the, on the page. It's so cool. It is cool. Um. So I have a, st- a funny story to tell. I went grocery shopping. I know we're up against it here, but I'm going to tell the story fast because it scared the crap out of me. So I went grocery shopping. You finally did it. I did it. I built up the steam. Get back in the car. I'm loading everything up. I shut the door. As I go to back out, I swear to God, I look to my left, and it looks like there's a dry a dragon flying over the city, okay? Like I have a mini heart attack. And then I realize, oh, no, it's just like a five-inch wasp right in front of my face. And I, oh, and I start to drive off, and it's chasing me. And I'm like, oh my god, what what is going? Why is this giant Nico giant wasp? Then something flutters in the mirror behind me, 
I have kidnapped something from this wasp. I have taken something from it. Um, I'm now freaking out because I don't know what's in the car with me as I'm driving. Um, but I can see it flit through the mirror every once in a while, the rearview mirror. It's somewhere in the car with me. Um, I now just drop all the windows and just start driving as fast as possible, hoping it'll blow out. Yeah. Um, but I don't know what it is. Like, I have no concept. Meanwhile, this wasp is, I'm sure, doing his best Liam Neeson impersonation. Like, I will find you. you are, but I will find you. Like, <laughs> I'm like, did I steal its queen? Like, what is happening? Oh my god, do wasps have queens? I'm trying to Google it while I'm driving. I'm like, why is this guy chasing me? Um, finally, I get to a, a, a light, and everything kind of calms down, and I think I'm okay. And I look over to my right, and there's this grasshopper hanging upside down. But it's got a really obvious hole in its belly. Um, I'm pretty sure it's one of those, like, uh, the type of wasp where they inject their babies into the bug. And then they bury the bug while it's still alive. Terrifying. So I'm pretty sure I had stolen this bug's babies. So I flicked it out into the yard. As I, and then kept driving. Oh, awesome. So uh, now I neither have the babies for when the wasp finds me. Um, and I don't know how to speak wasp. So more than likely, this will be the last time we talk before this wasp just injects bugs into my eyeballs as revenge. Horrifying. Truly and honestly terrifying. Yeah, because I think I saw it take its cell phone out and take a picture of my license plate. Oh, yeah. It's definitely got your information. Yeah, it's coming for me. Uh, it was terrifying, though. I really, I was. <laughs> That's awful. It was a good four minutes of like, is this how I die? Like, of all the stupid things, this is what's going to kill me? Uh, and every time we stopped, I was afraid to be stopped for so long. So I was like, that wasp is coming because it was real size. Like, I don't think it couldn't catch me. I'm pretty sure it could have if it wanted to. It's conserving its energy. <laughs> it's got to be more babies now. <laughs> I stole you. All right, all of that going on, we are jumping out here. On behalf of little brother Nico, the adventure begins, comics, games, and more, and myself. Same Nerd Thug time, same Nerd Thug channel. Stay safe, stay clean, wash your hands, get the vaccinations. We're at, I think I saw 23%. We are cruising. Let's do this. Let's beat the virus. There are now mutated versions of it that infect children and can harm them. Let's get rid of this thing before it comes here and ruins all of our lives again. Uh, stay safe, stay clean, wash your hands, take care of each other. We'll talk to you again on Thursday at Nerd Talk Sports, 2 p.m. Thanks for listening, guys. The Adventure Begins, Comics, Games, and More is a wonderful store located right there on 1488 in Conroe that sells comic books, gaming cards, gaming accessories, board games, as well as all kinds of fun nerd assorted accessories this is Corey dlg of nerd thug radio just reminding you that if you're interested and if you're bored if you got some free time if you wanted to go hang out at an interesting or fun place the adventure begins should be an option you consider everything from DD adventurers league to miniature painting uh to even competitive card play and even competitive gaming events all those things occur at the adventure begins comics games and more Interested parties should absolutely check out the Facebook page for more information. Hi, this is Kevin Smith, former Dallas Cowboy, Texas A&M Aggie as well. And I want to say what's up to Nerd Thug Radio.